0: Now in a moment I'm going to bring a a message from Psalm 51 And so let's hear what God's word is to us today Psalm 51 Have mercy on me O God according to your steadfast love According to your abundant mercy blot out my transgressions Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me Against you And you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Thanks be to God for the reading of his holy word. As we come to look at Psalm 51, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will open our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us in this wonderful psalm. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're going to look at forgiveness and how it can be ours, no matter how impossible it seems to us. Psalm 51 is familiar to many folk, probably after the Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23. For many Christians, this would be the next most familiar psalm because it is a heartfelt cry of forgiveness verse 1 have mercy on me o god according to your steadfast love according to your abundant mercy blot out my transgressions wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for i know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you and only you have i sinned and done what is evil in your sight and this earnest and heartfelt cry of forgiveness for mercy causes us to wonder, what's the background? Who's the author? What's the occasion? Well, fortunately, there's an introduction to Psalm 51, and the introduction gives us a, a wonderful handle on this psalm. It says, To the quiet master, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after David had gone into Bathsheba. So, David is the author of the psalm, and there are a series of incidents with Bathsheba that is the occasion. And if you're familiar with the Bible and the Old Testament stories, you'll know the story, the tragic story of David, who when he was king he pursued and committed adultery with Bathsheba. And she fell pregnant, and so to cover up the scandal. King David had Bathsheba's husband murdered. Having concealed both murder and adultery, David felt he had got away with it until God sent his prophet Nathan. You can read about this in 2 Samuel 11-12. However, when David was confronted by Nathan, David was stopped in his tracks and came to his senses. David was filled with remorse and repented. But how can David be forgiven? Well, you think, no problem, because God is God and God can forgive. However, there is a problem for David, a big problem, a major problem, an unsolvable problem. You see, in the Old Testament, forgiveness was through sacrifice. The spilt blood of a lamb or a goat or bull. However, there was no sacrifice for murder, and there was no sacrifice that would cover adultery. The law was both clear and grim. In Old Testament days, if you committed adultery or murder, then the judgment was death. No animal sacrifice. And so David finds himself under a double death sentence with no wriggle room because of the law. However, despite this, David approaches God with these words. Verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. You see, David knows that despite the law condemning him, his only hope is to throw himself on the mercy of God and his steadfast love, desperately clinging to the abundant mercy of his heavenly Father. And this is the pattern for you and I. God's mercy is our only basis for coming to God and asking forgiveness. We cannot come to God on the basis of justice because each one of us is guilty. We cannot come to God on the basis of our goodness because even our righteousness is a filthy rags before a holy God. We cannot come to God on the basis of our wisdom Because our wisdom is foolishness before the creator and sustainer of all of the universe. So the only reason David could dare approach God and hope for forgiveness was because he knew God was abundant in mercy and steadfast love. Now as David approaches God, he doesn't justify his actions. David doesn't try and minimize his wrongdoing. And David doesn't make excuses. David is brutally honest and he is realistic. He confesses his transgressions, his iniquities, and his sins, these that condemn him to death. So in his confession, he stands without hope, exposed, vulnerable, and guilty, with his only appeal to the mercy of God. And we notice how David is very specific in his plea. He asks God that his transgressions may be blotted out, his iniquities washed away, and his sin cleansed. Blotted out, washed away, and cleansed. It's a big ask, but this is what God does when we ask his forgiveness. And as I mentioned, there's a tension within this plea. On the one hand, David appeals to God's mercy, but on the other hand, in the law, there is no provision for his forgiveness, not for murder And adultery. And so even as he prays verses 9 to 12, this desperate prayer continues, there seems to be no way out. Verse 9. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. You see, the law demands that God not hide his face. that he, The law demands that God not make his heart clean and not renew his spirit. The law demands that he be cast out from God's presence, the Holy Spirit be taken away from David, and he be removed from those who share God's salvation. And yet God answers David's prayer. It's just a wonderful, wonderful miracle. We see in 2 Samuel chapter 12, that David is praying in his home. He's praying and fasting. And then after a time, he gets up, washes, goes to the temple, worships God in the temple for this answered prayer, then comes back and breaks his fast. Forgiven. David is restored. And we think, how can this be possible because the law still condemns David? How can God forgive David? Well, God's forgiving David here points to a future time, a time that prophets like Isaiah and the other prophets also pointed to. So Isaiah wrote this, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And Isaiah's prophesying a time that would come when the worst of the worst sins would be blotted out as white as snow, not by the blood of a lamb, but by the blood of the Son of God. So when David is forgiven here in Psalm 51, it's on the basis of what Christ's future death, his bloodshed, would bring to David. In fact, all of the blood sacrifices that brought forgiveness in the Old Testament were a temporary covering until the blood of Jesus came. Christ bore the punishment of David that David so deserved, so David could be forgiven. And we see this so wonderfully clearly in Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. This describes in in one verse what Jesus did on the cross. Colossians 2 13. Having forgiven us all our trespasses, how? by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, God then set this aside, nailing it to the cross. So we have the law of God that condemns us. And while Jesus was on the cross, God took that law, nailed it to the cross, and then all the punishment that law demanded fell on Jesus. And then with the death of Jesus, the law was taken away but because Christ was resurrected and his blood was shed for us, no matter what we've done, even if we've been like David, we can be forgiven. And some of you are saying, well, I haven't committed adultery and I haven't committed murder and my sins are very small. So it's not a problem. Well, it is still a problem, you see, because on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was very clear Jesus said that if anyone looks at a woman or another person with lust, that person is guilty of adultery, just with a look. And then Jesus said if anyone is angry with a brother or sister, just angry, then in their heart they are guilty of murder. And so the Sermon on the Mount makes it very clear that there are no little sins, <laughs> that you and I are guilty and need the forgiveness that David received. We need the forgiveness of Psalm 51, And the good news of the gospel is you can know this forgiveness today. You can, like David, pray Psalm 51. You can come to Jesus, no excuses, being honest, confessing to our Heavenly Father that we have sinned and then ask his forgiveness. Not because we deserve it or because we're clever enough or we're good enough but because of what Jesus did on the cross. And then you will find that verses 9 to 12 will come true for you. God will create in you a clean heart and renew a right spirit within you. God will not cast you away from his presence and will not take the Holy Spirit from you. He will restore to you the joy of your salvation. This can be yours if you allow yourself to be humbled by the gospel, humbled and grateful for what Jesus did on the cross for you, humbled and repentant as we ask Jesus to be Lord of our life, confess our sins, and for his blood to cover and clean. This is the promise of God's word, the great and wonderful news of God, our Heavenly Father's love for you through Jesus Christ made real by the Holy Spirit. Today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day of your forgiveness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are amazed and staggered and are in wonder of your great forgiveness for us. It astounds us that you forgave David for murder and adultery. And it astounds us that you forgive the very blackness of our hearts and the deepest sin that we hide when we confess to you and ask your forgiveness. Heavenly Father, may your Holy Spirit make that forgiveness real to us. May we have your peace that we know you were forgiven. May we have joy knowing that we are your daughters and your sons. Make the good news real to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.